0: You're listening to a Comics XF podcast. X-Men. Get it.
1: X-Men. Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your most. What do I say here? This is the most ultra best X Men <laughs> podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm um, Ultra Adam, and I'm the bad boy of the Ultras. That is, of course, Zach. <laughs> hey, Adam.
0: Hey, we got a weird one this week, folks. You know, we keep talking about this like
1: to ourselves, and like sometimes. We read something. We say this will be funny. This is a funny joke we're playing on ourselves. And we keep playing pranks on us. And we're the recipients of the bad parts of the pranks.
0: (laughs) You know, I was really looking forward to reading this stuff because it's so out there and left field. And I was like, surely this must have some surprises in store for me that I will enjoy. And um, I am sad to report that is not the case. So, Zach, we might as well jump right into it. What are we talking about this week and who requested it?
1: Okay, so this is important uh, because the requester, and this is the thing. If you want to make us play pranks on ourselves, all you have to do is go on over to Patreon.com slash Battle of the Atom. Reach deep down into your hearts and pocketbooks and put a couple of coins into our coffers. The $5 a month level, you get an episode where we will, we will just do it around one of your suggestions. We'll, take, we'll say, hey, would you like to make a suggestion? And you will say, yes, please talk about this bad comic or good comic. Honestly, preferred. <laughs> but normally, we'll you'll take a bad comic and you'll say, please do an episode about this. And then Adam and I will sit down and say, how could we make this worse for ourselves? And then <laughs> we will craft more bad comics around it. And then you get your $5 worth. And then we get – uh the satisfaction of
0: knowing that there's people listening to our pain and suffering pain and suffering is true. So, uh, who requested 1995's Malibu Phoenix resurrection?
1: Oh, that was Andy Clark. If you want to be like Andy, do the thing I just said.
0: And we thank Andy. I don't thank Andy, Andy. Well, I should listen. I always thank our listeners for, for challenging us, but this was a, this was a challenge, Andy. Um, so just a little background for our listeners. Um, Malibu may sound like something that has nothing to do with the X-Men, but you would be wrong. Um, Many people from the 90s might remember that Malibu was the publisher that then turned into the publisher of Image Comics from the year 92 to 93. But then when Image decided they had their crap together, Malibu had a problem. They needed to actually make some superhero comics, and thus they formed the Ultraverse. And so that was great. That went on for a while until DC decided that they were going to buy out uh, Malibu comics. And that would give them a majority share of the comics market uh, in in the mid nineties. Marvel decided we can't let that happen. So they jumped on it and bought it out from underneath DC. So now you have a, you have to understand
1: at the time, you have to understand at the time, people Marvel was throwing so much money around. For truly baffling M and A activity, including kind of most famously the Tops cards. Wait, was it Tops? No, it's not Tops. It was a bad. It was Clear. Com- I company. think
0: they bought Clear.
1: It was Fleer. Yes, yeah. they bought they bought Clear, and they were over leveraged. And oh, a few years come around, and the banks start to be like, "This is not great." And yeah. your your shareholders who. Uh, have a majority stake in toy biz uh, are like, Hmm, actually we need to, we need to figure out how we fix this.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's how we get Ike. Right. So
1: that's, I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. So where we're picking up with Malibu today is after several years. Uh, well, after the Marvel acquisition, Marvel decides to reboot the Mar- the Malibu universe with um, instead of zero or one issues, infinity issues. We'll get to one of those later. But then they start crossing over their characters. So, um, of course, gotta gotta get the X Men there, right? They're the hottest thing ever. So uh, we're gonna start with 1995's Phoenix Resurrection, which is basically the Phoenix coming to the Malibu Ultraverse.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing, Adam. How many Malibu Ultraverse characters could you like just think of off the top of your head?
0: Okay, so before I started reading anything, I did what you suggested last week, and I went on Tubi and tried to watch the Ultra Force cartoon. And that gave me at least a little bit of an idea, just from the opening credits, about who these characters were. But I didn't remember a lot of their names, and I only lasted five minutes on that show because it was really badly done. So
1: the answer is... You didn't learn about Rune or Prime or... (laughs) any of the other classic characters that Malibu was putting out during what I think, well, well, I think you and I have a love for some things nineties. I would say that there was a, there was a good amount of time where people were just putting out teams of superheroes without any thought behind it because well image did so well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a cash grab and there's these just teams of random, you know, superheroes and Ultra Force is the the version of the Avengers in this this world, right? And it takes a lot of the characters that had already existed in the Malibu universe and and put them together. But are they recognizable? Are they memorable? Uh, what about dateable? the Nightman? Nightman was uh you know had enough to have his own show, if I remember correctly, right?
1: I think I I I believe Nightman had a and if it didn't air on this channel, it. Was in the spirit of sci-fi original series <laughs> that lasted for a couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I remember Prime. You know, that was one of those that like was advertised very heavily, which is kind of just a Shazam type character. It's a Shazam. We're gonna get to Prime. I
1: do yeah. not care for. Oh, I don't uh, like any of these characters.
0: <laughs> to be frank,
1: they also and this is this is the weirdest thing that comics like X Men fans may not realize. They also had a team that was called the Exiles. Yes. And this is this is like where Exiles comes from, like very very legitimately to the point that uh one of the teams of Exile or the team of Exiles circa Black September, which was their reboot, involves and I'm not joking about this, Juggernaut, mm-hmm. who is easily easily the highest profile character,
0: Sienna Blaze. <laughs> and reaper oh yeah reaper the from the mlf
1: <laughs> reaper reaper is here also
0: now the the story behind the original exiles miniseries is kind of funny because i think it was steve gerber who did it and it was for If it, it, it was solicited as a five issue miniseries but they tricked the readers There were actually only four issues. And at the end of the fourth issue, Amber Hunt, who is a major character in the stories we talk about today, blows everybody up. And there's only two remaining members of the team. And the book got canceled and they refunded all the stores for the issue fives that they bought that didn't exist. So that's kind of funny. But that is good, actually. That's, <laughs> that's great, a great that funny that. gimmick.
1: That's a good bit that they did.
0: Yeah. I'm, all
1: all all the love to them for doing this. But no, so Phoenix Resurrection, this is the big crossover. Sure. It's like it's like three issues into this reboot series. And in fact, mm-hmm. really by issue two of you know Prime and the Nightman and Rune, they're doing these backups uh, for Phoenix Resurrection. Uh, that do get collected in the Phoenix Resurrection Zero. Uh, It's mostly written by Ian Edgerton. Edgington. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. mostly written by Ian Edgington with a collection of artists. And they're mostly like, hey, there's some weird multiverse stuff going on. And it's just as exciting as uh, the MCU would make you think a lot of multiverse stuff is.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of like, I saw a fiery bird. What does this mean? And, um, you know, it's meant to sort of get people excited. I don't know really how exciting it is, because then we are moving directly into the first issue. Hold on. on. I
1: want to talk about one. I want to talk about two interesting things about Zero. Oh, okay. Is it
0: because Hellstorm shows up in one page?
1: No, but that's great. It's great that Hellstorm's like, I'm... I am doing demon stuff here. Please he's like stop in bed staring with his girlfriend. <laughs> Love it. It's great. No, no. Uh, I hate that the first story on this is the prime story. And Prime is ostens- ostensibly the biggest character in the Malibu comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh and it opens with him yelling and being mean to Gateway. Yes. And I don't like that. That happens Gateways kind of around.
0: a couple of times like where he's accused, you know, of like they use words that you might use to insult a little person. and
1: uh, Yeah, here's the thing about Prime. Prime is a 13-year-old boy, and he is, what if Shazam was in this universe? Uh, But also, what if he was a 13-year-old boy, like for real, and not like an auto-bender 13-year-old boy? And the problem is, that sucks, and it sucks when Jeff Johns did that with Shazam in the New 52, and it sucks here. It's not fun, and no one likes it.
0: It's also gross because there's a body horror aspect to it that his body is trapped inside of the, the like superhero's body. And so when you see prime flying around, like hitting on girls, uh, you know, grown women, and it's this like, you know, middle school boy, it's, um, it's not great. (laughs) It sucks. Yeah.
1: Also, also, uh, the zero issue does have a backup story with Jubilee seeing what was going on with gateway, and that looks nice, at least that's got that's got a uh, art by uh, Robert Stotz, who I don't know, uh, but like it has like a Mark Buckingham era, Chris Pichello vibe to it. And I really liked that.
0: It's um, it's not good art, but it's better than a lot of the other art in that issue. Let's let's put yes. it that way. We're going to see a wide variety of artists uh, and pencilers and inkers over the course of this miniseries. I, it's very difficult to tell who's doing who, what, when, and um, none of it really looks particularly good. Let's put it that no. way. No. Yeah. None of it so, looks particularly good. Yeah, so we move from the zero issue, which is all of the backup stories, into one of the most confusing numbering sequences that I have ever seen. So we go from a zero issue into Phoenix Resurrection Revelations number one, followed by Phoenix Resurrection
1: Aftermath no, no, no. number one. <laughs> no, you're skipping Phoenix Resurrection Genesis. Oh, I'm then sorry. Revelation. Then it's Revelation. It's Genesis, then Aftermath. Yes. Which is yes. odd because, I don't know. Some people have accused me of proselytizing on this podcast, which I still find funny. I'm just going to say that the last book of the Bible is it's Revelation. It's not the mi- it's not the <laughs> middle book. Like, if you wanted to be charitable, and I know it's not the actual middle of the book. If you wanted to actually make it the middle, you'd be like Genesis, part way through Psalms, huh. uh, Revelations, or. <laughs> like Genesis, Matthew revelations. Again, none of that would make sense either.
0: No. And this doesn't make any sense either. So, uh, essentially what happens is that, um, they're thanks to Genesis, Genesis, Jesus, thanks to gateway. Well, uh, Jesus is not in
1: Genesis. He's he's in the, the back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Second,
0: (laughs) sorry. Gateway takes He's in the sequel Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gateway takes the X-Men to the Malibu Ultraverse and, um, you know, with this idea that there's something weird because he's drawn the Phoenix in the sand in the danger grotto of Generation X. So they show up and, you know, one of the rules in the Ultraverse is that if you came from the Marvel Universe, your powers only work half as well. So they're all slightly depowered and essentially they're just kind of waiting around because the Phoenix is going to show up and like inhabit somebody who's going to be. And at least in this first issue, it is prime. So prime becomes Phoenix, uh, in a really weird page that features some strange art. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with his groinal area in this. Um, he's also, he's got,
1: He's got like a,
0: <laughs> he's packing a cantaloupe,
1: but it's lower than you'd expect. And that's the thing.
0: It seems like he's gotten an enlarged um, scrotum or something. It's like, it's he needs really to go weird. get it checked
1: out. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. Weird, Maybe there's an it's infection. Weird.
0: His dialogue's uncomfortable on this
1: page and we're not hundred percent sure what it means, but essentially he's just saying, I want to destroy the world because the world sucks. And I'm like, that's a zero to a hundred dark Phoenix. If I've ever seen one.
0: King. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was just chilling, and now he's talking about the world, you know, rap him, and uh, wow, that that's big change there. Um, so, they fight.
1: Also, the Squadron Supreme is, like, just watching this. That was a weird thing. I don't know what they were doing here. I don't know what the Squadron Supreme was doing in 1995. Apparently, it was paying attention to the Malibu
0: guys. I looked this up. That is apparently their only appearance in the Ultraverse. Is just this one issue where they're just kind of paying attention to multiversal activity, and they have a cameo. I was like, "That's weird." I are, like i. I was wondering if they existed in the Ultraverse, and they don't. Um, no, this is like regular stuff. Squadron Supreme. Yeah, yeah. I double-checked. It's very strange. Like,
1: this is this is Grooney's guys. This is who yeah. they are.
0: Yep. So, they fight Prime. The Phoenix decides it's going to take another host. And by the end of this uh, this issue of Genesis... Well, Prime's
1: here because, because Ultra Force has showed up. Also, on Ultra Force is Black Knight. Like yes. The, like, the bad Marvel character. Some people like Black Knight, and they're wrong. It's Do we want to get a very. Who? Ultra Force is. Does that matter? Avengers. They're the Avengers. <laughs> I think already. Nightman and Mantra show up, as well as the Exiles. Uh, so Juggernaut's like, wait, I know these guys. <laughs> yep. Uh, Reaper's like, I know these guys, too. Actually, Reaper doesn't really talk either to a Blaze, because, again, they aren't characters.
0: So all of this stuff is happening. I do want to note that huge, huge parts of of this issue and a little bit of the next one center around like this page after page of, of this weird, like seed, like spaceship that's floating around that then goes back to its home base that we then learn is belongs to a character named, I think it's Rex Mundi.
1: He's the oldest of the ultras.
0: Right. And then he has a twin uh sister and then, that features into the second uh, issue. God, Zach, I don't know if I could really explain what any of that was about. That was very confusing.
1: Here's what here's what I think has happened. And by the way, this is by Dan Abnett and Ian Edgerton. Derek Robinson, Mark Pinsella, Greg Lundsnack, uh, Rob Haynes, uh, Kevin West, John Royal, Randy Green, Rick Leonardi, Pino Rinaldi, Jeff LaFardi, uh, John Cleary, and John Royal are, are artists on these. Three issues in case anyone was curious and yes these are oversized issues but they're not that oversized uh they did this did come out no wait okay the res- or oh that's interesting i didn't realize that genesis and revelations came out uh weekly oh okay back to back they came out back to back and then aftermath comes out like two months later. Amazing. Anyway, my understanding, and this is, this is my close read of the ultraverse, is that the ultras were powered by Scientology more or less. <laughs> and That's... that it's
0: like, <laughs> am I wrong? Well, there's a, there's a one page explanation at the beginning of uh, the Genesis issue and I, I I swear to God, and I asked multiple people on the Slack if they of, of our Comics XF Slack if they could help me with this. I must have read that thing five times. I don't understand what the lore is behind the, the mild Ultraverse. It's so confusing. But, I honest
1: I honestly think it's like general Scientology, alien spaceship and thadens and whatever, but the thadens give you superpowers. It none of this matters because. What ends up happening is the Phoenix leaves prime and goes into this character named Amber hunt. She is on the exiles and she's juggernaut's best friend slash love interest slash love interest. It's a whole thing. We'll get into that in an exiles thing anyway. And then Amber fights uh, the Phoenix or has the Phoenix, but then, but then there is a new character named Rose autumn, who is called Foxfire, who has powers that are give her a metal body, but the metal body is also gold. So she looks kind of like the Phoenix-powered Amber Hunt, and then they fight each other. Sure. And it looks like the same person's fighting each other. Rose, that. Autumn, had never appeared before this series, and apparently... As we find out in the last issue, this entire series was created to get her over
0: and Foxfire ain't getting over. No, it's uh, it's very confusing because even in uh, the Genesis issue, you have these two characters and both of them are sort of like, huh? I feel like something weird's about to happen to me and then you know they fight because they're fighting over this this power but th- the characters are indiscernible from one another it is very difficult unless you're paying very close attention to who's standing next to the character at any given point it's it's hard to tell and of
1: course that, so much so that there is a line that when I got to this page Adam I lost it and you know i lost it i <laughs> lost it when the x-men are sitting here staring at the the whole team and prime's like oh it's getting crowded around here isn't it and bishop's like don't expect me to remember everyone's names
0: yes i remember that <laughs> wolverine says
1: i don't get this and i'm like bud everything about this oh
0: yeah the uh, x-men are, are speaking Such for, for us yeah so um i i'm gonna be honest with you um the, the fourth issue here aftermath i did not like comprehend my brain was just turning into mush trying to understand did who the characters did you were read. did you actually read it i i tried i i, okay, I read the So the words you did more than I, s- I did and i saw the pictures but i also didn't see any x-men in that issue because they've already gone home so aftermath is really about the future of the ultraverse and i was like i don't know what's going on i don't know who any of these people are this lady has a robot leg all of a sudden
1: there's literally nothing i can care less about than the future of the ultraverse and you know some <laughs> people are like oh why doesn't marvel publish the ultraverse stuff anymore they own it and there's a lot of theories about why yes. and i have a i have a deeper bigger question and it's like Y'all Marvel already has enough bad superheroes. You want (laughs) to give them more? You think you think someone's going to come up with a new take on these like sub valiant level characters
0: that, that is the most shocking thing about the uh, Malibu ultraverse Wikipedia page is that the Joe Quesada is quoted as having said in the mid aughts that he wanted to bring these characters back. And my thought is why? What, who wants these characters back? <laughs> like, there's, This isn't one of those things where people are like over at DC going, you know, it would be fun if like the Wildcats existed in the same space as Batman. That'd be kind of fun. Like no one in Marvel is should be sitting around going, hmm, how can we work ghoul into modern Ghost Rider comics? Okay, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I think ghoul might actually be the best one. I ghoul kind of looks great I liked ghoul up until the point when I realized that ghoul doesn't really have any powers he's just a corpse with guns and I was like yeah that's great I don't know why you're saying this as a Can not we give him something zombie fun to do other than just have guns? I was like, can he have like bone powers or like, I I don't know, brain eating power. I don't know. He doesn't do anything. He just shoots things.
1: I don't know. A zombie with guns is pretty, pretty good. It's better Um, than a
0: lot of the other ones. Yes.
1: This is, here's the thing. I would rather Marvel buy the rights to John Burns' Next Men or to (laughs) the Malibu X Mutants. That you always find in quarter bins and you're like, should I pick this up? And you're actually like, no, I shouldn't.
0: V- Visionary artist Ron Lim's X mutants Yeah. <laughs>
1: Friggin' the the dude I will never disrespect because he's just working and he also worked the entire time on X-Men 2099. Ron Lim, yeah. Never stopped. It's
0: still, still doing it's, his thing.
1: It's absolutely wild. Anyway, this is a bad comic and no one should ever ever do uh no one should ever do this freaking ultraverse crap ever again it's just this is bad it's all the worst excess of the 90s uh and it sucks and we now have to rank it on our big old list adam
0: we sure do so uh i know i'm already down towards the bottom but you might as well tell people about the list first
1: we're ranking all the x-men stories on our road to 900 x-men stories that's too many x-men stories by the way Someone. podcast has gone on for too long
0: we I
1: honestly feel like when we started, Adam, I think we were like, well, if we get to like 100, that's a pretty good (laughs) show we did. Yeah. We're on the road to nine. Uh, Best X-Men story of all time is House of X-Powers. The 100th is the Mighty Thor 15 to 19 Asgard. Chiar War. 300th is the first Juggernaut story, which I don't think Adam actually read X-Men number 12, but he did read 13, and that one's pretty good. Uh number 500 is X-Men Age of Apocalypse 2005 Adam go back and listen to that episode you did not read that comic i remember very <laughs> Very specifically, I'm calling you out. Five years later, me. Like uh, nice. <laughs> number, number seven hundred is Sabretooth seek and the worst X-Men comic of all time at eight forty three is twenty ninety nine World of Tomorrow. This is so much worse than the Matthew Rosenberg Phoenix Resurrection, which is an interesting if flawed comic.
0: Oh yeah, I mean this this is clearly like down at, towards the like <laughs> bottom ten. You know, I don't I don't know. This is pretty rough. Okay, let's
1: let's just this is probably worse than 825 The
0: Legend of the Dark Claw. Yep, I would agree. I think it's worse than the Bird Brain Saga 826. This is worse than 832 Witchblade
1: Wolverine. Yep, Yep. Here's I the thing. I bet if we went back and reread Witchblade Wolverine with our older man eyes. We'd more just laugh at it. That's a dumb. I think we we're laughing out of time. That's a dumb book. It's not good.
0: Uh, you know, we've we've talked about how bad these Chuck Austin stories are, but honestly, I think there's at least more interesting stuff happening in Holy War and She Lies with Angels.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, uh, those are those are better. I would draw the line yep. at X Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire. At I 840. agree.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think this is worse than. Is this worse than X Nation 2099? Because I think you could at least argue that the uh, competency of the like the art is bad, but I don't think it's as bad as what we saw in X Nation 2099. Like I can see putting this in between Ultimatum and X Nation 2099.
1: See, I would almost say X Nation 2099 is better because it has murder
0: nuns. Uh, Okay, All right. Good. I love your argument. I love that energy. So why don't we squeeze it in between X-Nation 2099 and Phoenix Legacy of Fire. That would make it our new 840 1995's Malibu Phoenix Resurrection. But we're not out of the Ultraverse yet. Where are we going next, Zach?
1: Uh, In fact, we're going back to the future of the Ultraverse. We're going to Black September, buddy. Uh, And we're going to talk about the launch of the all-new Exiles uh, with All New Exiles Infinity 1, 2, and 3. And this is a weird comic.
0: No kidding. Uh, I would like to first note that when I read this on the spreadsheet, I had no idea that the the relaunch uh, issues all had an Infinity issue. So I spent a lot of time trying to find All New Exiles Infinity 1 to 3, not realizing that the series is just All New Exiles and the first issue was Infinity. Uh, so I did finally figure that out.
1: I'm really I'm I'm sorry you had to deal with that, Adam.
0: That's it's rough totally fine because then I got to enjoy really, you know, these very, very popular uh Marvel characters like Sienna Blaze and Reaper heading off into their otherworldly adventures with the juggernaut. What?
1: Here's the thing. <laughs> if somebody today pitched a juggernaut, Sienna Blaze and Reaper book, day one would be there could be fun literally no no question in my mind if marvel was going to today say here's our new x-men book it is juggernaut it's sienna blaze and it's reaper i'd be like that sounds dumb i want it so i've been fascinated yes
0: yeah i just want to put a little asterisk on that if if uh, brevoort came out with that pitch but then we found out that terry cavanaugh was writing it would you be as excited (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, because the problem with All New Exiles is that it is written by Terry Kavanaugh and Ben Robb.
0: Yup. What a combo. Um, <laughs>
1: Jesus MC Wyman does most of the art on these issues, though Ken Lashley yes. jumps in for a couple of pages on a couple of them. And honestly, while he he's getting a bad shift on this, like he just you you can only polish your turn so much lashley's doing good
0: work i like lashley i gotta tell you i was very grateful to see lashley because he actually by doing so much of his jim lee ripoff stuff like there was actual visual coherence to what was going on in the Mm -hmm. page which has been completely absent so far in like everything else we read so i was like okay i can at least understand what's happening yeah So
1: Juggernaut and Sienna Blaze and Reaper and the other characters who I guess we have to name are Strike, who is a guy in armor. He's like he's like a Deathstroke kind of dude, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yep. That's a good comparison.
1: Amber Hunt, who we've talked about earlier. She's medley and flyy. Yeah, blow up lady. Explodes. Uh, And then Shuriken, who apparently is a mother
0: who has lost
1: her child and Mm -hmm. also throws shurikens.
0: Yeah. She's basically Psylocke, like, but she just throws ninja stars. It is
1: shocking when Reaper has the second most amount of depth of your cast (laughs) and Sienna Blaze has the third. And it's, it's legitimately not just, I know these characters better because I'm gonna be real. I can't tell you about Reaper or Sienna Blaze's personality. I can tell you about the time Reaper got his hands cut off and then the time he got his hands cut off again. I can't tell you like, what Reaper thinks. Cause he's a Rob Liefeld character people. He's not dead deep. It's and yet so much deeper
0: than strike. Yes. And it's hilarious that this book expects us to look at Reaper and be like, yeah, that guy, he's tough, you know, because when we look back on that character, he was used as a punchline. That was his only purpose before he appeared in these books was to appear as a punchline to Shatterstar cutting things off of his body. Like, what in the world were they thinking when they chose this character?
1: I think they were just Reaper thinking, well, what can we get rid of? Reaper and Sienna Blaze are kind of delightfully evil on this team. <laughs> like, they, no one knows what they're doing here. And in the first issue, they, they all show up, they all fight one bad guy, and then it kind of ends. And Reaper and Santa Blazer just mean. Now, issue one opens up and it informs us that right after they fought that bad guy, uh, they blew up most of New York City. Yes. Which is now Off-panel, which is kind of a weird choice for the inciting incident of this book.
0: Now being known as Ground Zero. Weird. So... If I had a nickel for every time... The did a 9/11. I just want to know. i have two is, nickels. This is interesting is that like a lot of what you see uh Wyman doing in these issues it really feels like the only comic books he's ever read and looked at are the Todd McFarlane Rob Liefeld crossover between X Force and Spider-Man because like that's kind of how he does his juggernaut. Yeah. It's bad. It's real bad. Like he's not he doesn't have the flair that, that McFarlane does, obviously. So yeah, they they are um you know going on these like adventures of, of fighting these villains. Like how do you say this? Cune? Q U N E? Uh I think all- it's
1: I think it's Coon because I'm guessing now that lie. I see it. It's supposed to be. I I bet you he's supposed to be like related to Rune,
0: the yeah. character
1: from the Ultraverse. And if you're gonna ask me how, I'm gonna say I don't know and shut up. And no one cares. They fight a guy.
0: Yeah, he uh, Amber and the younger like not
1: have a relationship. That's that's what happens here.
0: Yep. So they blow up more stuff. There's another character that's like they're like Wolverine type character named Hellblade. Uh, who shows up at a certain point. Um, He basically has like the same hands as, you know, Jim Lee's war blade or Mark Silvestri's rip claw. Like that, that was very in, you know, those claws with like the backwards claws at the, at the knuckle. Um, And then he's got flames drawn on his forehead and his pecs.
1: It's really dumb. These are such like copy of a copy of a copy characters. Oh yeah. It's, it's honestly like, laughable how bad they are.
0: You would not be mistaken if you thought that Kavanaugh and the artists had only read image comics and thought that's what comics yeah. were and we need to make those kind of comics. Because that's that's what this is. Except it's even worse. Like it's 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 bad. Like I I would much rather read a random like terrible issue of Youngblood than I would this because it's just like it's such absolute nonsense!
1: I'm saying, Adam, we got to put all our Patreon money together. We got to figure out a way how to buy Youngblood.
0: <laughs> got to bonus right. We can have
1: Young Blood again. We but. can we can get Youngblood. We you can you can do the primary write and draw the primary Young Blood book. I can find an artist and I'll write Bad Rock because obviously he'd be the breakout character.
0: Of course, you do a Bad Rock
1: book. You do a you do a overall book, and I don't know. Shaft? I don't want to do Shaft. One, you can't pull a book Shaft. There's already a guy named
0: Shaft. It's Shaft. Zach, you know what I just realized? What did you just realize? And this is this is really kind of terrible. Is that what the the relaunch that coincides with like all new Exiles number one blowing up New York is the relaunch is called Black September? Good God, man, man, man! This is. I don't like this.
1: What are we reading? I don't like here? this. <laughs> this is... God. You might think, people, you might think that you should, like, pick up these books just because they're weird. hmm And the answer is no, don't do that. Also, no, Adam, no. duh. Yeah. The obvious thing is you would do a Chapel and a Vogue spinoff book. That's, That's what you would do. Sure. Also with Bad
0: let's, Rock. let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, if listeners are wondering why we're not getting deeper into the story that's because there really isn't a story these characters just kind of sit around and then they get attacked periodically by another character so you know this Kuhn guy comes back and or jesus is it really coon um comes back in the fourth issue and attacks them all again and it's like uh, okay you know, like there's no stakes. There's nothing really of interest. Juggernaut's very angry that he thinks that, that Amber has been hurt. Um, And that's about the most motivation that any character has.
1: I saw someone once claim that actually Juggernaut's path to becoming a more heroic character started in the Ultraverse. And I feel like that's a very generous reading of the Wikipedia summaries of these books <laughs> and not a reading of these actual... Truly terrible books. By the way, Juggernaut goes back by issue five. He Reaper sends him back to the regular universe. I love I also,
0: that. that's fun is that the person that gets them back is Reaper. Reaper is the one with the secret plot to like actually get our heroes back to the Marvel universe. It's so weird. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, this I think is just as bad as what we read with Phoenix Resurrection, but I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you if it's better or worse. I mean, it's just like the definition of like a quarter bin, you know, book that no one ever should read, you know? I would
1: say this is better than Phoenix Resurrection, but worse than number 834 on our list, X-Force Volume 2, X-Force and Cable the Legends
0: Returns. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. All right. So what's in between there? Hold on. I gotta- and
1: actually, no, this is this is worse than this is worse than Holy Warrior and She Lies with Angels. Maybe yeah. this is better than X Nation 2099, but worse than Ultimatum. I don't even. Know. All right.
0: All right. That's a good spot for it. So we're going to squeeze that in between Ultimatum and X Nation 2099. Uh, so all new exiles are at 839. Now, the last book that we have to talk about this evening is another all new exiles title. And this is the time that for one issue only, they fought the X-Men.
1: It's Terry Cavanaugh and it's Ken Lashley. And Hey, by the way, if your big idea to launch a line of comics is having Terry Cavanaugh and Ian Edgington and Ben frickin Rob write it, I don't know what you expected. (laughs) Those are not some of the highest regarded creators of their era. They are some of. They are some of the most available writers of their era. <laughs> uh
0: Yeah, you know, what was Terry doing before this? Writing X-Man? Uh, he actually worked on <laughs> X-Nation 20, 2099.
1: Yeah, he was the scab. Jeez. <sighs> Y'all, man, this all sucks. And there's no way around it. Ken Lashley's here. Great for Ken. Get those paychecks, bud. Happy for you.
0: Yeah, so we should we should maybe mention the cover, which, you know... Does By Dan a, a, Yeah, Dan Panosian does a uh, a Days of Future Past riff. So we've got Storm Beast, Iceman, Rogan, Gambit standing in front of a sign. Uh, you know, like the the dead wanted sign, except it's the all new Exiles. Ooh! It's limited, a really bad. Yeah, limited premium edition, I... zero issue.
1: Yeah, this is a really bad uh homage to Days of Future Past. Like it's it's it like they that? started oh you mean it's the like conference. they started with it. Yeah, it's like they started with an homage and then they realized that they had too many characters, so they <laughs> didn't do an homage. And it's like, <laughs> right. yo, scrap that in the layout stage. You had you were just doing like concept sketches, you didn't have to choose this one. Uh yeah, because here's what happens professor x is worried because he can't find his brother
0: okay so he's so like can we just can we just talk about this for a second yeah this is the most preposterous premise <laughs> i've ever heard of to start this comic is that professor x is like stroking out inside of the cerebro trying to figure out where his brother is has professor x ever wanted to be in contact with his brother in his entire hey, life?
1: Here's another pretty, pretty commonly well-known fact about Kane Marco the Juggernaut. He's got a little hat, Charles. Uh-huh. He's got a little hat that since day one, you haven't been able to get into his mind. That's not like a Magneto helmet retcon thing. This is day one. He was like, no, you, you no, you got to get this this helmet off me to defeat me. Those are from those stories you didn't read, Adam, but you because you got the issue number from five years ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just it makes me laugh so hard that Professor X is sweating profusely talking about using Shi'ar booster modifications to the Cerebro so that he could search out and find this brother that, of course, he doesn't want to find Kane Marco. Why would he? This is the guy that came like and smashed up his entire uh, mansion the first time they met. Like he doesn't want this guy in his life. The fact that he went away in a random issue of Wolverine through a portal—that's a good
1: thing for everybody. (laughs) You know the beauty about him going away in a portal is that the next time he comes back, it's like for onslaught. So you can just like you could literally excise this from Juggernaut's continuity and lose. Nothing, yeah, yeah those are Oh, he must have come out and fought Juggernaut and they got punched across the
0: world. Uh, so after all this sweating and you know, vein popping that Professor X is doing, it turns out there's a very easy way to find Juggernaut, all you have to do is pack several X-Men into the Blackbird and then have Gateway just spin a portal open. And then he'll just magically bring you to wherever you need to go.
1: Gateway, historically, very good at following orders and listening and doing what you want.
0: Right? Like, what in the world? And like, at least in, for for its, to its credit in Phoenix Resurrection, Gateway was bringing the X-Men to the Ultraverse, at least theoretically, to stop the threat of the phoenix here why in the world does gateway care if professor x finds his brother juggernaut like it's such a, I, would, a, I don't know
1: i would argue that gateway probably doesn't care about juggernaut all that
0: much no absolutely not i would so, argue
1: gateway Gateway's is fairly chill most of the time and probably
0: is like i don't man i don't know <laughs> So we do get some recap that, pages. What's he doing so right
1: now? Hanging out on the lawn of Generation X, being Monet's mentor for
0: yeah. That's questions? that's pretty much it. He's he's not interested okay. in uh, you know in Xavier Bloodline stuff. So we we get a little bit of backstory on the All New Exiles and a couple of poorly illustrated pages that make Juggernaut look like he doesn't have a nose, and then our X Men show up. So now I guess they got to fight because. The second they they land, to be
1: fair, fair, Adam, to be fair, we haven't done that ever on this show. We've been watching Letterkenny for a spell. (laughs) Uh, What I was going to say is that they do end up on a team, like, faced off with the Juggernaut Reaper, Sienna Blaze, and three people that look like the Rob Liefeld knockoffs. Oh, sure. I do not blame the X-Men for being like, obviously, these are bad guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, the very first person they recognize in front of uh, Juggernaut is Sienna Blaze. And Sienna Blaze immediately is like, I'm going to shoot you <laughs> while shouting the word Blaze. You know, I know that's that's Jeez. what I do in these scenarios. Just Hasht- yell my last name.
1: Hashtag Blaze it. <laughs> Sienna Blaze. We've got to cover that friggin X-Men Unlimited issue with Sienna blaze and the snowstorm, the good oh. Sienna
0: blaze story, the yeah, one X-Men that Un- exists X-Men unlimited one. We've never done it. Yeah. It rules. Yeah. Uh, so there's like some weird stuff with, with Reaper trying to jump back through gateway's portal that then basically like opens up a gateway to hell or something. Cause this giant Todd McFarlane esque, like violator demon type thing pops out. It's, like raw and then hisses at them. So now then they both, all fight. both teams have to fight the giant snake head thing, right? They all fight. That's it. They'll do a fight. Um, and then they've done a fight. Uh, it like, so I don't think this is an exaggeration. Like the vast majority of this issue is just the two teams shooting lasers at each other, right? Like energy blasts and then shooting energy blasts at the thing coming out of the portal. And then, The X-Men are like, well, I guess we got to go home. So a very, very creepily illustrated gateway spins his uh, doohickey and sends them back again. Right. But the exiles decide, you know. Juggernaut decides he's staying.
1: And yet,
0: I say all that to say better than all of the other Ultraverse stories we've talked about, because
1: this one at least mostly had characters I knew and recognized and liked.
0: Not only that, but it is drawn by Ken Lashley, and I can understand it. I at least know what's going on. There's visual coherence in what is happening here. Um, you know, is some of it drawn poorly? Yes. But, you know, it's mainly Jim Lee knockoff stuff that Lashley is famous for for this time period. And I can understand what happens in this issue. You know, it's it's on par with other company crossover crap that we've talked about in the past. You know, it's not completely illegible like some of the other other two stories that we've already talked about tonight. Is it better or worse than Hyperstorm, the Fantastic Four story? Where is that at? That's at 824. Yeah, we're in the 800s, I think. Like, it's still very low quality.
1: Like, Eve of Destruction is better than this, and that's at 805.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm working my way down... So you're saying this is better than The Legend of Dark Claw, which I would agree with. Um, you know what?
1: I think this has to go below Storm the Arena, a story that I don't think is good.
0: Mm-hmm. But again, is is like, more like put together as a story. I would agree with that. It, I, I think Hyperstorm might actually still have the edge on this, though. <sighs> Hyperstorm.
1: Okay, you know what? Screw it. I don't want to talk about the Alphaverse ever again. Let's put it between Hyperstorm and Legend of the Dark Claw. I love it. That's great. You know what? No, let's put him below Legend of the Dark Claw. Okay. Dark Claw's not good, but he's also Batman Wolverine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is still not as bad as Bird Brain. Bird (laughs) Brain?
0: You know, I I really am disappointed because when I knew this was coming uh, on the schedule, I just... I really did hope that this was going to be more fun to read. And I was so disappointed by how low quality this stuff was. So for, as Zach mentioned earlier, if you're one of those curious X fans who, you know, is a completist and feels like they have to read everything that has an X character in it. Just, we're here telling you, we've done the work. You don't have yeah. to read this. And I, y'all, I strongly recommend you don't.
1: Y'all will tell you if like there's something interesting enough that you should probably go check it out, like Wolverine marrying Witchblade. Yeah, that I would tell you. Oh, you absolutely need to read this 2000s Claremont comic where Wolverine marries Witchblade in Vegas. It's not good, but you do need to read it,
0: right? Uh, We know where fun is when 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 there's like crap, but it's still fun. Like you could still have fun with like you know the bad rock crossover you can still have fun with the x-force youngblood crossover the cyber force x-men crossover this there's nothing fun here and that's so sad because like sh- it, sh- it should be it should be silly and fun and it's not because these other characters they're crossing over with are terrible
1: i want to thank patreon supporter andy clark for this psa thank uh, you andy. about why you should not read the ultraverse it's just not good like no no all it is is quality this is a Mm. quality thing it's just like this is some of the like most mind-numbingly bad comics i've read in a spell yep adam what do you got going on
0: let's see what do i have going on uh a couple things of late um if if you missed um Anna and I did coverage of Jean Grey one to four on comics XF. Go check that out. I don't think I mentioned this on the last episode. I actually guest co-hosted bat chat recently. Our, um, our sister podcast over at comics XF. So I got on there with Matt and we did three Batman stories that uh, are from X creators. So if you like X-Men and you don't know a lot about Batman, like I don't, um, we still had a really good time. So check that episode out. Did you talk um, about,
1: did you talk about the Larry Hama's uh, yes. Orc of the Werewoman story? You okay. No, you did talk about Orca the Werewoman. Oh. We, we
0: did not. We just, we just talked about the first issue of Larry Hama's run. Uh, Larry Hama does not seem to quite understand Batman as uh, what we deduced, uh, but we didn't get, <laughs> to, we didn't get, I don't to know. is Larry, Larry Hama did
1: come up with Grace Belline uh orca the whale woman if you, adam have you seen oh i have not seen the initial cover for orca the whale woman uh, oh yeah. in batman 179 adam have I, you seen the initial cover i have yeah this is one of the best covers i've ever seen just orca is, this, is thick in is this, this the one
0: that went to print this is the this is the cover that went to print because i've seen that that's what the, we're talking about the one right? with her she's breaking this one the, the one no, with like, there's a glass and she has
1: everything pressed up against it. Also, she is a whale woman. I can yes. emphasize enough.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. We we do not cover that, but we do cover uh, the first issue of, of Larry Helma's Batman run. Um, so check that out Matt, will
1: have me on to talk about orca the whale woman or poison (laughs) ivy by g willow wilson that's about it
0: those are good picks uh for for zach to talk about definitely want to do that crossover um you guys can always follow me on social adam wreck on blue sky and instagram and arthur stacy on whatever the heck uh twitter is these days and zach what do we got going on next week next week we're going to read runaways a comic that i like Uh, And, you know, Adam, you
1: and I have both watched the new Scott Pilgrim uh, animated series. I got got
0: one episode to go and I'm really enjoying it.
1: Well, you know, we're not going to talk about anything except for, man, do I have reservations about revisiting early 2000s media that meant a lot to me with with my older thoughts and be like, how much of this works still? I think Runaways probably still mostly works, but we'll see.
0: We're gonna find out.
1: I promise you we're still an X-Men podcast. It's all X-Men things. It won't just be whatever nonsense we come up with, and by we I mean our patrons. <sighs> but until then, folks, this has been Bow the Adam. We hope you survived the experience.